What a joy it is that we get to see those words. Think about a God who sets us free, who breaks the chain, and who is our living hope. That's what we're going to spend some more time talking about today. So I want to invite you to be seated as we dig into some things. You know, I was thinking about last week, that Valentine's Day message, where we talked a lot about, right, that, that image of Hosea and his wife and how God set that up to be a picture of God's faithfulness to an unfaithful people. And so I kind of thought, well, you know, post-Valentine's Day, you know, there tends to be some regrets that we might look back on. And so where can you find images of that on the internet that are fine for chapel? So, this is what I found. Hold on. Right? So, so that says Tara Lynn. You can't see it anymore because that has been voided. Yeah, might regret that. Or you could go this route. Megan. Sorry, Holly. I don't know. I don't think as much money was spent on adding Holly as the original tattoo, but I'm not sure what that says. Or you could go this route. Now, now, I would never have that problem because it's only by God's grace that I have a wife. Or there's this route, you know, so much for Francesca. Now, I'm not a tattoo artist, but I think there could have been a way to just make the E look like an I and the A look like an what? I don't know. What do I know? Or you could go this route. Suddenly, that undying love for Lauren becomes, man, I love me some Ralph Lauren. Yeah, that, that is what it is. Reminders of these broken love and loves and these regrets. But you know, the internet, it's a rabbit hole. So I'm wondering, what kind of regret comes with that? To be paid to put a brand of a company on your forehead. She's not the only one. There's many people who did this. So again, you keep going, and so here's the question to companies. Do your customers willingly tattoo themselves with, tattoo themselves with your corporate logo? Because that, now that is some brand loyalty right there. In fact, there's this guy, Jason George from India, who has at this point, I don't know, there's lots of different articles. I think at this point he has over 400 company brand tattoos that have in some way influenced or shaped his life. So then I, I read a story, I saw a video from a guy who said, hey, he has this connection, this company connection with Dodge. And so he says he's going to call up Dodge, and he says, what if I pitch this idea to Dodge and see what happens, that I will get a tattoo that says, powered by Dodge, on the left uh, part of his chest. And so he calls them, and this is their response. We'd have rights in perpetuity to a three-inch square of your left breast. And he does it. He does it. But that's an interesting quote and a comment. We would have rights in perpetuity 
to a three-inch square on your left breast. It made me think of a verse that I've seen in Scripture. From Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16, it says this, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. You see, there's an understanding in the ancient world where owners' names could be engraved on their slaves as a demonstration of ownership, that they belong to them. Actually, maybe not tattooed, but cut into their flesh. You know, as we think about that guy with Dodge, at the end of getting that too, he comes out and he says, I literally sold my body. So in a metaphorical way, I wonder, how do we do the same thing? Maybe we are not giving up real estate in the dermatological aspects of our bodies. But how is it that we maybe sell off bits and pieces of our lives, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our souls? And we do it under the guise of throwing out things like personal freedom and total independence. It's my body, it's my life, it's my choices, it's my own personal brand that I'm developing. But then we fill it by chasing after and aligning ourselves with important cultural icons, or sports heroes, those social media influencers, maybe a particular corporate brand. And fawning after that attention and that connection and that place of belonging that connects to then creating an identity for ourselves in the midst of this world. And maybe it's not even with things that are out there, but with people in the midst of our everyday lives. Out of seeking for a place of belonging and purpose. And it's how maybe we pursue in our lives after vices and selfish endeavors and ways of the world. And, and all of these things, in entity, because of how they take precedent in our life, become false gods and idols in the midst of our existence. I wonder if you could translate all of those things and have them manifest themselves physically as tattoos on our bodies we wouldn't look a little bit like a race car driver's jumpsuit, showing that we're owned by a whole lot of things, which means maybe we really don't have the sort of freedom we pretend we have. And, he, and here's the hard part with that. Do we honestly believe that all of those things out there, all of those companies, all of those influencers, care anything about us individually other than their bottom line and their influence and their importance in the midst of this world. See, this is the issue that God's people in the Old Testament had in some ways. In Isaiah, that they had, they had abandoned the God who had loved them, who had created them, and who had made them his people in pursuits of all sorts of other things in this world, all sorts of idols and false gods. And then harsh reality finally was beginning to set in. And maybe it was like waking up the morning after a really bad tattoo decision. When you see it full force in the mirror in front of you, 
that sense of regret and frustration and self-loathing. And in the midst of all that, wondering, well, now how is it that God can be a part of the midst of my life? Earlier in one of the chapters that comes before, it says, well, as this realization is happening, that maybe some of them are starting to write the name of God on their palms as an effort to demonstrate dedication to the God whom they had abandoned. But this is what God's response is to them as they feel forgotten. He says, Lord has, they say, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. And this is his response in the next verse. Can a woman forget her nursing child? She should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even these, spelling correction, we'll work on that. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. And this is where God speaks. Right? So all of our desire may be to engrave God upon our hearts to show our dedication to him. It's God who says, behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. I have engraved you. The hands that have formed the earth and spread wide the heavens engraves his people upon his hands to demonstrate his faithfulness. We have a friend who is an artist and this is a picture that now hangs in our house and in my office to give a picture and understanding of how that Old Testament understanding Isaiah translates to our lives today. Now ignore the fact that a horrible father can't after four years of life for his youngest daughter figure out a way to take the painting out of his, its frame and mail it to Colorado to get her name added. <laughs> but when you look at this, here's the picture of what it is that, that God has done for us. In whatever ways we may wander and go astray from the God who created us, who loved us, and who made us a people, regardless of the ways that we pursue all sorts of things in this world, Jesus says to each and every one of us, I have engraved you in the palms of my hand. That all your sin has been placed upon you. See, and so it hangs as a reminder that Quentin has been engraved on the palm of Jesus' hand. That my wife, Summer, my son, Caden, our son who passed away in 2008, Noah, and Jonah, and even though an earthly father with all his faults can't get his daughter's name Hope up there, the heavenly father has engraved her on the palms of his hands. Because he does not forget. He does not forget. Despite what we would chase after. Despite our own brokenness. Despite feelings that it might feel like it is too late or that it's not for me. But it isn't just that he's engraved us upon his hands as a promise that he will never forget, never abandon, never leave. Do you remember this movie, Toy Story? Right? And, and here's the contrast we see. Uh, who's the horrible neighbor next door? Sid. Right? So here's the contrast. Next door, right? Next door, you have a neighbor who, tor who gives all of those toys a tormented reality, uses, abuses, and then leaves them in a heap of destruction. But with Andy, 
He places his mark upon his toys to demonstrate a place of belonging, a whole identity, a love and a care and a concern. See, this is another picture that Jesus does for us. Not in marking us with a sharpie, but in the waters of baptism, where God's name is placed upon us, baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that he has adopted us, he has claimed us, and he made, has made us his people. This is the reminder in the picture that God would have for us. That in the midst of all the things that would desire to have us chase after them in this world, he doesn't forget. He has engraved us on his hands. And he has given us a new identity where he has put his name upon us. And he cherishes us as his children. And he has love and grace and mercy for us each and every day. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, and the new identity that we have in him. We thank you for the sacrifice of his death on the cross to enact and give demonstration of the new reality that you have engraved us on the palms of your hand, that you do not forget us, endlessly pursue us, and desire us to have a place of belonging with you. Lord, we pray that as we go about our days, and go about this weekend, and this rest of the year, that you would constantly call us back to that new identity that you have given us. That we would rejoice in all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.